This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo H-O-U. And hey, if you're listening to Locked on Rockets right now, this is the first podcast today. Thank you for making this the very first podcast you listen to. Make Locked on Rockets your first listen free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as now available on the YouTube channel. Please go subscribe if you haven't done that yet. Would sincerely appreciate it. Now, a lot to dive into today ahead of the Rockets' first preseason game, which will be Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Time at home against the Washington Wizards. Uh, We've got a couple shows before then, but basically... You know, this is what happens when I record an early podcast because I recorded early Thursday right after Rockets practice. And then the Houston Rockets decided to come out and drop a bomb Thursday evening announcing Ryan Hollins as the replacement for Matthew Bullard in the Rockets broadcasting booth. And, you know, that news came out, what, about 5, 6 p.m. Thursday night. Uh, I had already recorded my reaction to Rockets practice. It was already loaded into everything. And I was like, well, I guess I'll get to this Monday. Um, I will say... It was kind of like an out of left field hire. You know, I obviously I was, you know, reading the tea leaves probably a little bit too intensely thinking that uh, Stevie franchise might be in the running for the position. Uh, obviously, the IG posts, the IG comments, all that stuff, trying to discern who the next Rockets uh, color commentator was going to be. And then in the back of my head, I always had kind of, you know, Mario, Mario Ellie and Robert Ori as some potential, you know, picks to take over that spot for the Rockets, kind of continue to connect them to the championship era Houston Rockets the same way that Matt Bullard did. Um, and it does sound like Mario Ellie will continue to be involved and have an increased role in the AT&T Sportsnet Southwest uh, broadcast. So that does sound pretty cool there. But as far as Hollins goes, it does seem like a little bit of an out of left field hire, but then when you hear him talk about, uh, you know, what this team, what this Rockets team kind of meant to him growing up, why he's got an emotional connection to this team, specifically, uh, he spoke to Jonathan Fagan and said that championship Akeem won. Houston was the team that made me fall in love with basketball. Said Ryan Hollins as a little boy to look up and say, "Who's that?" Me and my dad watched that championship. Dad, who is that? What's a two-pointer? What's a three-pointer? I learned the game of basketball watching the Rockets win a championship. Now it's come full circle to have the opportunity to be one of the voices of the Houston Rockets. An average, everyday kid has an opportunity like this. So Ryan Hollins had you know, an extensive NBA playing career, a 10-year NBA career, and then did some you know, broadcasting on the side as well for, for CBS, worked as a studio analyst uh, with the Clippers. Uh, he's also worked as an analyst for ESPN, jumped on Sports Center, first take. You know, he's, he's been around the media block, so he's not inexperienced, and I think he's going to bring 
you know, a fresh perspective to the broadcast. I'm excited. I'm interested to see what the dynamic between he and Craig Ackerman is going to look like. A uh, reminder that now Craig Ackerman, uh, with Bill Worrell's retirement, moving full time into the TV play-by-play broadcasting department, which then means Matt Thomas will now be the full-time radio play-by-play broadcaster for your Houston Rockets. So congratulations to both of those two guys. Know them personally. Love Craig. Love Matt. Great guys. Um, excited for these opportunities for both of them, as well as for Ryan Hollins to come in and really get to know Rockets fans and get to understand this community. Hopefully we'll still continue to get some Twitter call outs from, from Ryan Hollins, uh, the same way that Matt Bullard would reference Rockets Twitter from time to time. But I do, I will say that I think Ryan Hollins has already kind of, uh, kind of earned some street cred with Rockets fans because back during the James Harden, Giannis and Tadakumpo MVP debate beef, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Ryan Hollins was a staunch defender uh, of James Harden, basically saying that, you know, Giannis was great. Harden should have won the MVP, all this. And he's been kind of outwardly uh, protective of of the Rockets and, and Harden to an extent. And maybe that was just a Harden thing, but maybe it also came from a place of him having an emotional attachment to this Rockets team, a team that in his 10-year playing career, he managed to never actually play for. Um, so maybe we would have uh, come to know him a little bit better had he made a pit stop in Houston somewhere across that decade of playing time in the NBA. But ultimately... I'm really looking forward to what his coverage brings. Uh, it'll be kind of uh, you know a new look Rockets broadcasting team. Obviously, Craig is still uh, the consistent voice that we've known you know grown to know and love. It's great that they were able to bring him back and bring him back in a full time capacity. But then having Ryan Hollins be able to jump in and you know provide some insight, uh, you know some different levels of insight as a player who's played a little bit more recently. Um, and I really want to see you know is he going to be you know, an objective homer for the Rockets? Is he going to be, you know, all Rockets, you know, red tinted shades the whole time, that kind of thing? Or is he going to be more, a bit more of an objective color analyst? Is he just going to approach it from a purely X's and O's basketball standpoint? I'm really excited to see the insight that he brings to the Rockets broadcast. So coming up, want to talk about final thoughts and sights and sounds from Rockets training camp, as well as their scrimmage day, as well as setting up some ultimate goals for some of the players on this Houston Rockets roster. I'm going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Sleeper. Because in 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. Whether you prefer Redraft, Keeper, or Dynasty, Game Picks has you covered Sleeper, Crack, the fantasy basketball code. You're going to love game picks. Download the sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. And another message from our friends over at Direct TV. Because look, does this sound familiar at all? Right, I'm sure you've heard it. You got you got one device that lets you catch the game. You have another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff. Right? Let me tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. 
It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one location. Finally, right? That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Make sure to make this show your first listen, whether it's on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you check out the show, make it your first listen of the day. I'd sincerely appreciate it. Now, let's get into the final sights and sounds from Rockets training camp, their scrimmage day, all that good stuff. And ultimately, I think one significant takeaway that is just, and it's kind of one of those where it's like, I don't want to like say it's overlooked because it's not, but Jalen green is going to be so good. (laughs) Like I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if Rockets fans are ready for a rookie to come in and be this insanely good. Like I, right. We, we had Jay Sean Tate come in this past season. And it was a breath of fresh air having some really young, exciting players to cheer for. And obviously we were campaigning for the Jay Sean Tate, you know, rookie of the year train. And, and unfortunately that one didn't pan out, but Hey, all rookie first team nod. That was an incredible honor. You know, great to be able to kind of hang our hats on that and say, yeah, our guy got that right for Jay Sean. That was, it was special. It was awesome. It was something to cheer for and, and strive for. And it was an agenda to push throughout the season. And Hey, as Rockets fans, right? We're all, we are all intimately familiar with pushing agendas for players on this team. So with that, I don't like under necessarily understand or not understand. I don't think Rockets fans are ready for the type of excitement and buzz that is going to be circulating around Jalen green on a daily basis. Like, he is going to go out and he is going to have some electric performances. I, I'm still not 100% sure. Wish I could talk. Um, I think Christian Wood's still going to be kind of the focal point of the Rockets offense because I think you could look at last year's team and say, okay, alternatively, like the two main focal points of the Rockets offense were Christian Wood and John Wall. And when John Wall wasn't on the floor, the offense did run through. Christian Wood a fair bit. Christian Wood got his hands on the ball a lot. He was involved in a lot of the pick and roll actions, pick and pop actions, all of that, right? There was a lot done for Christian Wood to kind of be the primary option in the absence of John Wall. And then John Wall would just kind of do his own thing when he was on the floor. But looking at this current iteration of this team and where they're at, I'm fully expecting Christian Wood to kind of be the lead guy, the the alpha on the floor for the better part of the season. I wonder if there's a chance that Jalen green at some point this season, if not potentially right away becomes the primary option for this team, right? His entire thing is, is scoring and getting buckets, right? Kevin Porter jr. Has already been vocal about he's the point guard. He's setting everybody up. He's doing this, that, and the other thing. I still expect KPJ to score, but I also don't expect him to be the leading scorer on this team. And I think, that there's a legitimate possibility that there could be a leading scorer toss-up between Jalen Green and Christian Wood this season. So that'll be an interesting, uh, you know, storyline to follow and see what direction this team goes with their overall, you know, game plans. Who's getting the most shot attempts, the most reps, all that stuff. 
Um, cause I do think there's going to be a point where Jalen green hits the rookie wall. Um, but I don't know if he's going to hit the rookie wall as hard as others will. And he's obviously still going to be in contention for rookie of the year. So that's going to be a fire underneath him the entire season, kind of pushing him to the next level, really trying to get the absolute best out of him. And I know I, he's going to give the Rockets his absolute best every single night that he's on the floor. There's no, there's no concern about that, but Jalen spoke to uh, the media talking about how close he is with Christian Wood. And he said, me and C Wood talk all the time off my court, uh, off the court. That's my big bro. Um, and it's great to see that that level of chemistry is developing between those two guys, because ultimately we're going to see a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of pick and roll between Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood and Kevin Porter or, and uh, Jalen Green and Christian Wood. So knowing that those two are already working on their chemistry off the court can only mean good things for the on the court product. Um, Jalen Green also kind of speaking about the speed of, of the game at, at which they're playing with, you know, in Rockets practices and stuff and talking about how, you know, he needs to get back to that, right? He needs to get back to that level of speed because in the G League, there was a lot of half-court sets and things like that. In the Summer League, same thing. A lot of half-court sets, not necessarily as much running in transition. And Steven Silas, above all else, besides focusing on, you know, building the right culture and getting uh, getting these guys ingrained together as a group, as a cohesive team, unit, whatever you want to call it, um, past that being a very clear-cut message of his, it's also been speed, right? He Silas wants to play fast offensively and defensively. And so hearing Jalen Green talking about building chemistry with everybody and then getting everybody up to speed, trying to say that, you know, they're trying to, uh, you know, get to that level of speed that Silas wants to play at. He talked about, he said, I'm a fast player, so he just has to get back in the flow of that, right? Um, and I think in transition is where this team is truly going to shine, especially in the minutes where they do decide to run small, because I will say one other standout from training camp and, and scrimmage day uh, was Alper and Shingun, who Alper missed the first couple training camp days, unfortunately, due to a non-COVID related illness, but was back in practice and looking great uh, the day that I went and, you know, continued on that flow. But ultimately, he is such an incredibly talented player that apparently some of the people that were able to watch the Rocket scrimmage said that he actually outplayed um, Jalen Green. So there's some hope there, right, between Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun that this Rockets team is loaded and has a star-studded future cast for, you know, a star-studded cast for the future, I should say, of young talent. And I think Alperin Shingun is going to surprise a lot of people this season. In my head, you know, I kind of envisioned the Rockets running kind of a triple big rotation, not, not all at the same time. I phrased that so poorly. I kind of envisioned the Rockets' big man rotation as some combination of starting Christian Wood and Daniel Tice with Alperin Shingun coming off the bench. And I think my most, I think the lineup that I'm most excited to see are the lineups and the minutes that feature Shingun and Wood side by side because I don't think, and I'm I'm ready to be I'm ready for Silas to turn around and just say shut up Jackson you're an idiot, and prove me wrong on this. I don't think we're gonna see a lot of time, if any at all, with Shingun and Tice on the floor at the same time. I think we're gonna see lineups that feature Wood and Tice to start. I think we're going to see some lineups that feature Wood and a smaller player, be it House or Tate or Nwaba at the four spot, KJ Martin possibly. 
and those will kind of be the small ball run and gun Christian Wood at the five lineups. And then I think we're also going to see lineups that involve Alperin Shingun at the five and Wood at the four. Based on all of Wood's commentary about the fact that he's planning on playing the four a lot more this year, I kind of envision the Rockets seeing Tice and Shingun as their, you know, prototypical fives. And then Wood is their, you know, small ball five that can run and gun and handle and do, you know, play at a higher speed than those two guys can. And I don't think it benefits the Rockets. I don't think it behooves the Rockets to play Tice and Shingun alongside each other the same way that it kind of doesn't benefit them to play Garuba alongside either of those two guys yet because Wood is the only big of those four with a consistent outside three-point shot, at least consistent enough to really make defenses honor his outside three-point shot because Shingun has not reached that point yet. Tice is, you know, can space the floor five out, but not, you know, he's not shooting above, you know, 35, 36, 37% like Christian Wood is. And when Wood and Tice are on the floor together, there's still going to be opportunities for Wood to be the role man and to be the, to have the pick and pop threat because Tice can still spot up in the corner and defenses do still have to kind of honor him over there. Shingun, not so much. And I think it becomes a floor spacing issue if you have Tice and Shingun out there at the same time without a truly reliable three point shot or three point threat, I should say, um, out of one of those two forwards or out of one of those two big spots uh, at the power forward spot or the center spot. So I do think we're not going to see that much Tice and Shingun together. But the lineups that I'm most excited to see run together are Shingun and Christian Wood with those four and five spots because I think there's going to be some insane passing in those lineups. I think there's going to be some insane scoring. Uh, and I think Alperin Shingun has already thoroughly impressed everybody in summer league with his array of offensive tools, the spins, the behind the back dribbles, his ability to create for himself and others um, in and around the basket, be it more traditional style with his back to the basket starting off or starting out on the perimeter and kind of, you know, making a quick one, two move and then beating his defender off the dribble or getting just enough by them to be able to power up through contact and finish at the rim. So really excited to see what Alperin Shingun brings to the table and even defensively, right? He showed some defensive chops in summer league and I already made the, uh, the pretty bold take and I will stand by this, that there is a possibility that Alperin Shingun could be the starting center for this Rockets team sometime around, maybe just before, maybe just after the all-star break, depending on how his development goes this season. So coming up, I want to dive into a couple thoughts on some little, you know, not major individual goals for these Rockets players, but just some attainable goals that I think some of the Rockets players on this roster should be striving for. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because if you've never had a protein bar that you actually care about, you got to check out Built Bar. They've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. Mint brownie, raspberry, strawberry, cookies and cream, German chocolate, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. Cannot go wrong with a single bar on their menu. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein in every single bar. Check them out. If you've never had a protein bar like Built Bar, the best part is, right, they're not like any other protein bars on the market, right? Sometimes with other protein bars, they're gritty, they're chalky, it's a chore to eat them, the flavors are kind of off, right? Built Bar is not like that, right? Every single bar, it's like biting into a candy bar that's jam-packed with protein. It's delicious, and you can check them out. Just visit Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. By the time you start listening to this podcast, we are less than 48 hours away from watching Houston Rockets basketball again. I cannot wait. Summer League was exciting as all hell, and it was Summer League. Cannot wait for this preseason game. It is going to be amazing to see these young Rockets actually take the court together and see what all they've been working on through summer camp, through their scrimmage day. I am so incredibly ready for it. Um, gonna have our next show lineup. Gonna have some questions about what we're most looking forward to going into this first Rockets preseason game. What we want to see out of the team on the court. What we don't want to see. Those kinds of things. So be on the lookout for that one Tuesday morning. Now, the goals that I have lined up here. Just for I didn't go through the entire roster. I, I kind of handpicked um, some of the players that I wanted to focus in on. And so ultimately. Here's what I've got. First guy, and I'm just going to kind of go in order, right? First guy I've got is Kevin Porter Jr. And for me, his goal, and I think this is a, a slightly aggressive goal, but he also came out and said that he wants to achieve this. So if that's what his mentality is, then I think that he can do it. And he said he wants to average 10 assists a game this year. Now, if we look at where he was at this past season, he averaged... 6.3 assists as a Houston Rocket this past season. But in that five-game sample size where he was handed the keys to the offense um, and took over, for in the absence, I should say, of John Wall, uh, he averaged, and I should have had this pulled up, but I am trash, so I did not pull it up. I apologize. Let's do this because I want to actually see. I think it was 7.3 assists during that stretch. Um, maybe it was slightly more than that. Let's see. Am I on the money? Nope, it was 6.6 assists during the stretch where John Wall sat down, I believe. Um, yeah, that five-game stretch, including uh, his insane 50.11-assist uh, outing uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, which we all remember so fondly. But I do think that he has a chance to to hit that 9-10 that assist range this season. Because the thing that stood out so much about KPJ this past season was his passing ability, even more so at times than his scoring ability. I think his passing ability was the area of his game that was so utterly impressive this past season because at times, you know, he would get to it, you know, would get bumped off his spots a little bit offensively, you know, not able to quite finish through contact um, the way some other players can, you know, was very crafty and able to, you know, be creative to, you know, get to certain spots. But I think ultimately what he did so well was, you know, patience, poise, finding the right pass, making the right reads to get guys easy looks, using his gravity as a scorer to help make the game easier for other players. Not unlike one James Harden, which is why KPJ has drawn so many comparisons to his left-handed brother. But um, I will say that I think the 10 assists per game is a bit of an aggressive goal, but I think he's capable of doing it. So I'd like to see that be KPJ's goal for this upcoming season. For Jalen Green, I kept it very simple. I want to see him crack 20 points per night. Like that's, I think, a very clear-cut, defined goal for Jalen Green. I've seen some people predict that his stat line is going to be around like the 17, 18 points per game. I think that he was already floating near that number in the G League, and I think that at the NBA level, he's going to be a focal point in this Rockets offense. Now, I already talked about this a little bit briefly in segment two, whether or not it would be you know Christian Wood option one, Jalen Green option one, or maybe a little bit of give and take on any given night. 
But I think it's very clear that those two guys are your primary are your primary and secondary offensive tools and options in this Rockets team with Kevin Porter Jr. kind of being your third option offensively as well as your primary facilitator for those two guys. So it'll depending on what kind of sets Steven Silas has drawn up, what kind of actions he has to get those guys easy opportunities, easy looks at the rim, what have you. I really do think Jalen Green has the opportunity to crack 20 points a night. And that is my goal for him moving into this season is 20 points per night or 20 points per game, I should say, for Jalen Green. Now for Jay Sean Tate, going, I'm just kind of going down the lineup here. And again, didn't have a, didn't have goals in mind for everybody, but I've got goals for plenty of them. Uh for Jay Sean Tate, I think my goal for him, and this has been something I've harped on all summer long, and it really will kind of decide his future in the NBA, right? Is how consistent of a three-point shooter can he be? Because ultimately, this past season, he managed to shoot from behind the arc. Let's see his shooting splits. Where did I have them? There we go. So he finished the season shooting a little under 31% from behind the arc. 30.8% exactly. Now... If he can get that number up to consistently 34, 35%, it becomes no question in my mind that he is the starting forward of this Houston Rockets team for the foreseeable future alongside Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green. And that becomes your kind of your your perimeter play, right, for this team moving forward. Because the biggest question mark with him has been his outside shot, right? Can he get that to a consistent point? So my goal for Jay Sean Tate this season is to get his outside shot up to a consistent 34, 35%. Because at that point, with everything else he gives you on this team, the defense, the hustle, the tenacity, the playmaking ability, the off-the-bounce attack, all of that, right? The the pivots. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait to see Jay Sean Tate pivot in the paint like 17 million times and scoop it up and un, up and in for two. It's going to be incredible. I'm just I'm I'm very ready for Rockets basketball to be back. Um anyways, let's continue on because I've got Christian Wood up next and I kind of vacillated on Christian Wood because there were a couple different ways that I wanted to go with him. I thought defense at first and then I kind of narrowed it down. I was like I'd like to see him get those block numbers up a little bit more. And then I ultimately decided what I want for Christian Wood, what I want his goal to be is health. I want Christian Wood to play 70 or more games this season for the Houston Rockets. I think any player that can play 70 or more games in a 82 game calendar season for the NBA, that is should be considered a healthy overall season Um, because not every player is built like a PJ Tucker, right? Not every player is going to be a workhorse or built like a Jay Sean Tate, right? And go out there and play through minor nagging injuries and make it through all 82 games, right? It's not the case for a lot of players. So I think that if you're looking at Christian Wood and trying to set a reasonable expectation for total games played this season, I think 70 or more is the bar. And if he can achieve that, then I think there's, you know, a serious possibility for him to be in the running for certain, you know, season awards, maybe making a push for an all-star team out West, right? He's got a lot of competition ahead of him. Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, there's a lot of guys that could be, you know, playing for a spot ahead of him. Draymond Green, even, you know, like there's a lot of spots, you know, at that forward and center spot in the Western Conference. But if he's putting up insane numbers, if he's averaging like 25 and 10 or 25 and 11 and 12, something like that, then teams are going to have to take a look at him, especially if he's healthy. And I think the biggest thing, right, is I want him to be healthy so that this Rockets team can get the proper amount of reps because the wheels kind of fell off last season without Christian Wood. Not kind of fell off. They absolutely, the train came off the off the rails without Christian Wood. But that said, 
this team is going to struggle without Christian Wood on the floor. Like he is such an integral part of what they're trying to accomplish and achieve that there's not another guy on this roster who can replicate what he does. It's not as simple as, oh, Christian Wood's going to miss a couple games. Let's put in, you know, Al P can copy it. No, he can't. Al P's a completely different player to Christian Wood. And so is Usman Garuba. So is Daniel Tice. So none of those bigs can replicate what he brings to this team. So I want him to have health. And it's actually a bit of a cop-out, but I'm going to say the same thing for the Rockets' supposed six-man, not supposed six-man, former six-man. Um, he's going to be a six-man again this season, Eric Gordon. I want Eric Gordon to have a healthy season. You know, he was having one of the best seasons of his career, honestly, this past campaign before the groin injury snuck up on him. And I think for the Rockets and for the you know, for the best case scenario for EG moving forward, while I'd love to see him stick around and be able to continue to help mentor these young rookies and, you know, provide insight and, and help to Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green and be that kind of steadying force in the backcourt alongside those guys, that first guy off the bench, that whole mentality, all of that. I do think that, you know, Eric Gordon's in a position in his career where going through a rebuild probably isn't his top priority. And I'm sure he would love the opportunity to move on and go contend and compete for a championship. Very similarly to how PJ Tucker was able to do so this past season and James Harden before him moving on from the organization. And when they do cut ties, if they cut ties with Eric Gordon, I know it's going to be amicable. It'll be a situation that they find that works well for the Rockets, worked well for Eric Gordon, and they're not going to dump him somewhere just to get rid of him. That wouldn't be a great move and it doesn't fit the, you know, the MO of what Rafael Stone has been doing since taking over as general manager of the Houston Rockets. If they decide to move EG, it's going to be a sad day as he's the last remaining member of the 2017, 2018 team that we all hold so near and dear to our hearts. I'm honestly not ready for EG to move on. I think it's going to be a really emotional day. Um, but until that point, I want him to enjoy his last ride, if that's what this is, with the Houston Rockets. I want him to be healthy so that he can potentially be moved on to a championship contender and have a chance to fight for a ring with another organization. I would love that, personally, for Eric Gordon. My last guy that I want to talk about here is Daniel House Jr. And House had a down year last year. He did, right? He struggled with injuries, you know, was never truly quite healthy this past season, kind of looked like he was like shot for confidence throughout parts of the year, right? Didn't quite know what his role was with this young team. You know, was he, is he, was he going to stay? Was he going to go all of this? I think the Rockets organization they're I think they're in on Daniel house. Like, I don't think they're, I don't think they're in on him as like the starter, right? You know, I think that role is going to land squarely with Jay Sean Tate, but I think they're in on him as being a part of what this rotation can need and can do moving forward because he's a versatile player. He's a plus defender. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can create off the bounce. He can attack. He can do everything that you want an NBA player to do in a Steven Silas-led offense at an not an elite level, at an above-average level, right? And I think a big part of that was just not knowing what this team was last season because nobody knew what it was, right? Is At first, it was, okay, we're going to try and make James Harden play. And then it was... Oh crap, he wants out, right? Press conference, you know, the situation's crazy and he's gone. What next, right? Okay, we pivot. Victor Oladipo, John Wall, defensive first in you know, identity, right? Number 1 team in the league defensive rating for like 2-3 weeks in a row. Like that was weird. And then, you know, all, throughout all of this dealing with the injuries that he had, not being able to get any consistent burn, not being able to really get into the rhythm of the season was tough for him. So I'd like him, to, I, it's, it feels like a cop-out again to say health, but he, seem, he seems quite healthy this time around, right? So I want to see him be able to step in and just be that seventh man off the bench, be that spark, continue to play above, above average defense, be that run-and-gun guy in transition. 
And I think he has a chance to kind of, I don't want to say rehabilitate his image because I don't think his image is in, you know, in the tank right now. I think he just has a chance to come out and really prove what he's capable of doing for an NBA team. And if he comes out and has a contract year, right, then maybe the Rockets decide that he's a piece worth holding on to and keeping around for the long term. Maybe he has a contract year and gets a payday somewhere else. But ultimately, I think that he can fit in well. And I think he's going to be he's exactly the type of wing that you want alongside those guys like KPJ, like Jalen Green. And so having him be a serviceable wing off your bench is going to be really, really exciting. Um, I did say last guy. But I did mean I didn't mean to mention uh, Alper and Shingun. My biggest thing for Shingun is I just hope he gets the, enough reps, right? Because with Daniel Tice taking up I don't know 20, 25 minutes a night, Christian Wood soaking up some minutes at the five spot when they're playing small. Um, I just hope Alpi gets a decent number of reps because he is so talented and deserves the opportunity to shine just as much as Jalen Green does. Now, he's just he's not going to be the focal point of this Rockets team the way Jalen Green is, but I think that Rockets fans are going to fall in love with what Alpi can do on the floor on a nightly basis when he does get reps and minutes. So I'm hoping he's getting at least like 15 a night might be a little aggressive, right? If Tice is getting about 20 or 25 a night and then Alpi's getting about 15 a night, maybe six or seven minutes per quarter or somewhere like, sorry, seven or eight minutes per quarter. Math is hard. Um then that leaves Christian Wood arguably about eight to 10 minutes a night to be at that five spot to run, you know, rocket small ball for maybe about five minutes a half, give or take, or, you know, a few minutes at the end of the game, break it up, space it out however you want to. Um, and then also squeeze in some time for those other guys, for KJ, for House, for Tate, uh, for Nwaba at that four spot so that they can really run and gun, get out in transition, try to wreak some havoc, you know, have a really, really switchable lineup out there. Um, That'll be really interesting to see. But so that's my goal for uh, for Al P, which isn't really in his control. It's more of, I guess, a Steven Silas based goal than anything is. I want to see Al P get at least 15 minutes a night of burn so that he can really show Rockets fans what he can do on the basketball court. But those are my thoughts for today. That's going to do it. Coming back, we're going to have our next episode where we set some uh, expectations for this Rockets first preseason game. What do we want to see? What do we not want to see? Um, how we think that's gonna, that game is going to go? All of that. So be sure to tune back in for that. But if you haven't done so, be sure. You know, I appreciate you making the show your first listen of the day. And for your second listen, go check out Locked on Bets. Right, they've been killing it as of late. Go check out Locked on Bets. Make a little bit of money. But for today's show, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything. Houston Rockets basketball.